0: Robots Radio, games, lore, stories, community. Just press play. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast. And get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. The Cyberpunk Lorecast is now brought to you by our awesome patrons at patreon.com slash... Cyberpunk Lorecast. Everyone who supports the show gets episodes early and an ad-free experience. Plus, it's pay what you want. It starts at three dollars a month, and you can pay more if you'd like. Go check it out: Patreon.com/slash/CyberpunkLorecast. Robots Radio presents the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. You can't leave anything alone. If it sits near you for more than five minutes, you've disassembled it and made it into something new. You've always got at least two screwdrivers and a wrench in your pockets. Computer down, no problem. Hydrogen burner out in your Metro car, no problem. Can't get the video to run or your interface plugs feedbacking, no problem. You make your living building, fixing, and modifying a crucial occupation in a technological world where no one person really knows how half the stuff works. You can make some good bucks fixing everyday stuff, but for the serious money, you need to tackle the big jobs, illegal weapons, illegal or stolen cyber tech, corporate espionage and counter espionage gear for the big boys, black operations, Neat little gadgets like thermite bombs and the hunter-killer robots for the occasional termination. If you're any good, you're making a lot of money, and that money goes into new gadgets, hardware, and information. You'll buy almost any new thing, because it might have a dozen side applications you can use. Of course... Your black market work isn't just making you friends. It's also racking up an impressive number of enemies as well. People who've run into your handiwork and resented it. So you'll invest a lot in defense systems and, if really pushed to the wall, call in a few markers on a solo or two. Your cousin down the street is just like you, but he's a med techie. In a world where half of medicine is related to mechanics, it makes sense. He can do a black market surgical technique faster than you can fix a toaster, and the Solos are always running to him to patch up wounds or install new illegal cybernetics. He's got a lot of the same problems you have, but he's hoping his new job with Trauma Team Incorporated will loosen things up. You hope he's right. You may be needing his services sooner than you think. Hey there, cyberpunks. Welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I am your host, of course, Tom, or Robots. I go by Robots on the internet. And this week we are talking, yes, about techies. The last of the three classes that you can play as in Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, just like the other ones, a class that's been in the game since the onset. And... Whereas a solo is the guy who gets all the upgrades in order to punch down your door and bust into a room and take everyone out. And a Netrunner is the guy who hacks into a system in order to infiltrate it from the inside. There needs to be a third to that group. It's kind of a, a Trinity, I guess you could say that the more physical, the more, software, and then the hardware guy, right? So we've got a techie. A techie is the hardware guy. The Solo couldn't have the upgrades, the cybernetic implants and and things like that, if it wasn't for people who were good with the hardware. The Netrunners know how to hack the software. The techie is the guy who makes everything connect between the two. The section I read at the beginning of the episode is the section from the techie portion of the Cyberpunk 2020 rulebook. And it goes on, of course, there's more information in there. And we have a quote and I love these quotes. So I always bring them up in these episodes from Mr. Ice, head of design Technics Incorporated. And Mr. Ice says, so you want me to build a delay switch into the thing and you don't care about the explosion radius? No problem. At least you got a simple job. Last guy in here, he wanted me to build him a cyber hand that had a built in. Ah, oh, frack. You don't want to know. People want the weirdest stuff these days. I hear with the new cyberware they're coming up with in Chiba, you're going to be able to cram your body with more options than a fracking Mercedes Aerodyne. No problem. If you can get parts, I can fix it. Count on it, Chimbata. And I, I love that these have so much personality in these quotes, and this idea that people would come to this techie in order for the strangest enhancements to their cyber hands for who knows what. And of course, we we get the reference there. So in the Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart Guide, we have a techie named Torch. This is a, a pre-built character, just like the other ones that I've noted before. And Torch is interesting. If you look at the the picture. In The Guide, he, he's he got a big gun. He's got some augmentations on his body, of course. But he looks like a glorified cyberpunk engineer. Pockets full of tools and assorted things. He's got a an eyepiece with what looks like some sort of cybernetic attachment to allow him to zoom in and focus on things. And a box behind him on the ground, supposedly full of more gear. But... He's decked out for battle as well. Just like that description mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the things that he works on are dangerous. This is a dangerous world. And he knows that sooner or later, somebody's going to come after him. And we can see in the character sheet that he's ready for battle. He has head armor and body armor, a light armor jack. He has some weapons ready, big nux, heavy pistol, shotgun. And his skills are one of the things that really set him apart from, say, the other character classes. So, for example, included in the skills are things like basic tech. So that's a tech plus seven cyber tech plus five. These are the tech skills. And then there's other high intellect skills as well. Education plus six local expert plus four perception plus four. And then everything else is lower than that. The dexterity skills like like athletics, brawling, evasion, and melee weapons, a little bit of persuasion for cool and marksmanship for reflexes plus 3. And then there's a little bit of will, concentration, plus 4. And this adds up to a character that is of course mostly tech focused. And intelligence focus, but does have some of these other skills as well, again, to make sure that they can survive. <laughs> this is a character that knows that sometimes having a robot next to you that is designed for something isn't going to save the day. So you need to rely on some of your own reflexes in gunfighting and things like that. When we look over at the cyberware and gear options, we get things like cyber arm with big NUCS, so big NUCS concealed in a cyber arm. And then cyber optic camera. Images can be recorded on the built-in chip and downloaded. So that's pretty cool. Then we have some gear. Agent, a pocket sized machine, which functions as a computer and a phone sounds like a cell phone, of course. Right. And then technical toolbox and tools, a large box filled with a number of tools to allow you to make repairs and on basic tech and cyber tech. So this is the guy on your team who is there and ready to fix your gear, to make upgrades and do things like that. Now, in a environment where you aren't in a team based setting, like in a tabletop RPG. A techie on their own in a game like 2077 probably plays a little bit differently. A techie on their own is probably more likely to be the kind of person who can hack open a door by affecting the hardware of the door. Whereas a net runner would jack right into the computer system running the door and maybe everything else in the building, the techie is the guy who has the tools to open up the panel on the wall, disable the gear mechanism, and slide the door open. So uh, the door opening concept is probably the best example I can come up with for the way these three different classes would approach a situation. The solo busts open the door, kicks it down or blows it open with explosives, The Netrunner hacks into the software, disables it that way or opens the door or turns it its use only for you. And the techie goes right into the hardware of the door and opens it that way. Now, let's think about other things that this techie could do when it comes to interactions with characters or enemies inside the game. And I think this is where it gets really interesting for a Netrunner. We've. We've noted that in the previous episode about that, that Netrunners typically, in order to really get into a system, have to jack into it through hardware connections. And we've seen in the gameplay footage that there is a connection in the arm that a Netrunner can use to connect to a system. But when it comes to, say, enemies in the game, let's say you're coming up on some marauders who are almost 100% technology at this point anyway. a Physical connecting to them seems a little bit less likely connecting to a system that they may be interfacing with over some sort of remote data connection, some sort of Wi-Fi or something like that probably isn't powerful enough to take over their systems, maybe disable them, but not necessarily take over them. What if you were able as a techie to sneak up behind one and know exactly what part of their interface That you could hit with, say, a wrench or a screwdriver or a panel that you could quickly open or a, a cable, something on their body or inside their body that you could use to disable them. And then what if you could pull that body around the corner, adjust the settings physically on their body so that they no longer have autonomy themselves and work for you? I don't know if that's something that's going to happen in 2077, but it seems like a really cool opportunity. Now, that is very powerful. If you can do that to a human enemy, I'm not 100 percent sure that would be very powerful. But what if you could do that to, say, turrets or items in the environment or things that are designed as robots, things like small robotic scouts that you could use to Scout out a room that could walk into a room, maybe scan the place, come back with some information. What about larger kinds of robots? What about the kinds of Militech hardware or Arisaka hardware that would be used to quell riots or guard a door, a guard, a very secure location, something like that? Could you physically take over something like that? and make it do what you need it to do. I have a feeling there's going to be some range of ability to do that. Now, let's go a little bit further with this idea, because whereas, let's say you were to able to find, say, a broken down combat robot. As a Netrunner, it makes sense that you'd be able to hack the software in order to get that thing to work for you. As a techie, maybe you can still get it to work for you by adjusting the settings on the hardware and maybe you still have access to some of the software. So you, so you can kind of work on that as well. Maybe you don't need to be a net runner in order to change the programming. But as a techie, what if you wanted to give that combat robot an upgrade? What if it's set up with a machine gun, but you decide, you know what, it also needs a rocket launcher. What if it can only walk, but you decide, you know what, it needs jetpacks in order to fly the techie is the guy to make that upgrade. So in that, in that sense, the techie is kind of the, and let's use, let's use fantasy RPG connections here, because I know a lot of people are familiar with that idea. The, if the solo is the warrior class, the guy who has all the cool weapons, the one who can charge into the room and fight everybody and kind of tank it out. And the netrunner is the wizard. Right? The netrunner is the one who can make things happen from afar, can kind of hack into the systems and doesn't have to physically get into the space in order to integrate with it, to interact with it, to have some very, very strong effects on, say, that battle situation. Then the techie is kind of like the druid or the necromancer or the warlock, somebody who can have a number of other characters around them that are doing and acting on their behalf. That's kind of where I'm expecting this to go. Now I could be totally wrong. I've not played 2077. I haven't seen more footage than you guys have seen, but I'm wondering if that's an option because if you march into that situation where you're busting into that room full of marauders and you as a techie don't have the same heavy weapons build and armor as a solo, and you can't necessarily hack into all of the turrets inside the base to turn on everybody at the same time, like a netrunner would, then maybe you can march in with a small group of other robots or individuals that you've physically hacked into through their hardware in order to fight for, for you. Maybe they can run in and, begin the skirmish and then you come in and clean it up once the the room is chaotic. I don't know if this is how it actually works, but I think it would be a really cool way to make that work and I think it it kind of completes that like I was saying like that trinity of the three different classes that we're going to see in 2077. All right, Cyberpunks, I'd love to hear your expectations, your thoughts on this some of the things that you think might be coming in 2077 and how a techie will integrate with the world and what that actual gameplay will be like i'd love some of your thoughts on this because these are just mine and some of you guys have some other creative ideas that i might not have come up with so let me know send me a note on twitter at cyberpunk lore Uh, Or join the Discord and let's chat in the uh, Cyberpunk Lorecast room about it. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on that stuff. All right. We're going to move into the middle of the episode and stay tuned for after that, where we're going to go over some more of the cyberpunk slang that you're going to hear in Cyberpunk 2077. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Hey there, cyberpunks. I'm inserting this into the episode because it was brought to my attention by a friend of mine that the phrase I used in the last episode, referring to Mike Pondsmith as a well-spoken black man, is sometimes used in exactly the opposite way that I intended. Sometimes phrases like this can be used to be harmful toward the black community and are Sometimes racist. And that was by no means my intent. I have all the respect in the world for Mr. Pondsmith, and I have all the respect in the world for the black community and the struggles that they're going through right now. And simply put, it's my opinion that black lives matter and that we need to make changes in this country in order for black people, the black community, to be treated with respect and to have every available. Opportunity that anybody in our nation should have, regardless of their skin color. So please understand that that was a mistake on my part. And I wanted to put this apology out there so that everybody can see that sometimes even when you're trying to do something positive, sometimes things don't come out right. And I want to be humble enough to admit that sometimes I make those mistakes. So please, please accept my apology if you found any offense with that. And I hope that you guys will enjoy the rest of the show. All right, cyberpunks, thank you for tuning in as usual, and thank you to all of our listeners and everybody who helps share the show, and those of you who are leaving ratings and reviews on the different platforms, of course, if you leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, I will read it out on a future episode of the show, so thank you to everyone who has done that. It really does help get this out there for everyone. Also, there are other ways that you can help support me and the things that I'm doing with the cyberpunk lore cast. I know that this show is going to continue growing as we get closer and closer to the release of 2077 and then we're going to be talking about gameplay and all sorts of fun stuff once that's out. So if you want to help support the show, another way you can do it is by checking the link in the show notes for Loot Crate because you can get 15% off your Loot Crate whenever you order a loot box or a subscription. So go check that out. You have to click the link in the show notes and it will take you to LootCrate.com where you can use the code ROBOTSRADIO. Again, that's ROBOTSRADIO, R-O-B-O-T-S-R-A-D-I-O, to get 15% off. We get a little bit of a kickback every time somebody uses that code and uses the link. So you have to use the link so they know it's us in order to... To get your 15% off your loot crate. And loot crates are awesome because they have all sorts of figures and t shirts and things to hang on your wall and all sorts of things. I've been subscribed to Loot Crate for a while and I just signed up recently for Father's Day to get the Elder Scrolls loot crate. And there's a whole bunch of other ones on there for video games and movies and all sorts of fun things. So go check that out. And another way that you can help support the show is to check out the Robots Radio store. So if you go to robotsradio.net, slash store, you can check out t-shirts and those kinds of things and buy them from the store to help support the show. So there's a lot, a lot you can do. And I don't talk about it a whole lot on this show because I try not to take up too much of your time with these kinds of things. But this is one of the shows that I do and it's part of our network. And it's one of the things I'm doing in order to get myself to a place where I can create content full time. And if that's something you're interested in in supporting, then I, I really, really do. Appreciate it. I'm not quite there yet. I'm still working hourly for the job that I used to work full time at. So I'm kind of half and half, but I'm trying to create as much content as I can around cyberpunk and around these podcasts and videos for cyberpunk on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. So I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff in order to work as hard as I possibly can to get to the point where I can make this a full time thing. So if it's something you want to support so that I can keep creating content, I really, really do appreciate it. Um, In Uh, Similar vein as that, I'm considering starting a Cyberpunk Lorecast Patreon to get you guys a bunch of other rewards you can get for helping to support me, along with things like an ad-free version of the episode, connections to the Discord server and specific channels in the Discord server just for patrons where you and the patrons of the other shows can all talk about things in there, and then maybe even a... Uh, a tier like I do with the Fallout lore cast and the Elder Scrolls lore cast where tier say tier four patrons can get together with me on a regular episode of the show to talk about cyberpunk together on an episode of the show. So if that's something you guys are interested in, please let me know. I, I want to make sure that I'm giving you guys as much as I possibly can, and that any time that you're doing anything for me in response, it's because it's coming from a place of authenticity, and you feel like you're getting way more from me than you would ever be able to give back, and that's that's generally how I run my things, so um, I think I probably will put that up, I'll probably set that up uh, maybe this week, and get that out there, and just kind of see what the response is, but uh, be looking for that. It's probably going to be something like patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast or something like that. But I'll let you know on the next episode if it's up and we'll go from there. Thank you for all of your support and all of the positivity. Also, before I go, we have some really cool news. We have a brand new show on the network, the Keelhauled podcast, which is run by Captain Logan. He is a fan of cyberpunk. He's actually a guy that I met through this show because we started messing, messaging each other on Twitter and and he runs a Sea of Thieves podcast, which I've just jumped back into and a super fun game. If you haven't played Sea of Thieves, you can get it for like if you sign up for Xbox Game Pass, which also works on PC, you can get it for like a dollar for a month and play the game. Um, but go check that out. If you're into Sea of Thieves, Keelhauled podcast, it's up everywhere and is now part of the Robots Radio Network. So welcome to the network, Captain Logan. And let's get back to the rest of the show. So we have some other lingo, some slang, we can say that shows up in cyberpunk that helps, you know, build out the atmosphere of this being a real place with real humans who talk about real things. And I went through some of the ones that show up in the core books from back in the 2020 time zone. Um, But we have some more that I've come across and I wanted to kind of throw them out there and make sure you guys were aware of them. So. Uh, If I accidentally repeat any, I apologize. I'm trying not to, but um, here we go. All right. So if you become damaged and you need, say, a quick boost of health, then you might need an air hypo or Or a Bones McCoy, which is, of course, a reference to Star Trek. It's an air hypodermic needle and a way to, for example, inject somebody with some sort of medicine or stimulant to help them from, say, flatlining or to give them a quick boost of health. Then we have ACPAs, which are assisted combat personal armor or simply power armor. A collection of farms under central management is called an agriplex. I'm not sure if we'll be coming across those in 2077 or not, but this is included. It's included as a, as a word in the game that I guess we need to be aware of. Um, Amped out is when you are fatigued after being under the influence of amphetamines or combat drugs. I think we may have touched on that one a little bit last time. A angel refers to a secret group of European solos. It's said that the angels live in glittering towers in the Euro Crystal Palace at L5, low orbit. Their assignments are as elusive as their names. No company has yet to admit to hiring one of the angels or to having been one of their targets. But of course, that word is out there, so it must be for some reason, right? So if you are called the Apogee, Then that means you are the best. You are the greatest. Like, yeah, man, you don't want to mess with murder. Bob, he's the apogee of the solos murder, murder, Bob. I need to make a character named murder, Bob. Uh, Then we have um, the afterlife and this is cool. The afterlife is a bar that originally was a mortuary. It was converted into a bar. It has three different parts in it. The antechamber, the crypt and Hades. Hades is for the most dangerous of the patrons. That seems really dark. I have to wonder what happens in the afterlife bar. Probably something having to do with, say, drugs, probably. Then we have aliens, derogatory grounder term for someone who lives in space or also known as the high riders. So if you're an angel, I guess you're also an alien. Now, the. The commonality of terms like this makes me wonder if there's going to be an aspect of 2077 where you actually do go to space. Now, I don't know for sure. I do know that the game space is all loaded in without any loading screens from what we've heard. You can kind of go anywhere in the city or in the zones of the game and everything just kind of streams in. Does that count for something like space? Is there a way to get to space, or are we just interacting on Earth with certain kinds of characters who may exist in low orbit? Is that going to be something in the game? I'm not really sure. Now you may come across a police officer or a corporate security person, and you might say to the person next to you, yeah, check out, there's a badge at the door. Badge, of course, means police officer, right? Now, if you end up spending most of your time inside a casino, somebody might call you a bakudo. I think that's the way you pronounce it. Bakuto. B-A-K-U-T-O. That means gambler. There's a bunch of Bakudos over there. I bet we can hustle them for their money. Also, if you happen to be a techie who has a robo hound companion, then people may refer to that as a Benji. Which is a reference to like the 1980s movies for Benji, which are about a, a dog that gets lost and, you know, of course, very sad and then happy at the end. Uh, cute stuff. You should go, go watch them. No, they're really slow and boring. Don't don't go watch Benji. Anyway, that's the name for a robohound. Now, as a net runner, you're going to want to be aware of countermeasure software systems that could potentially harm or cause death to an intruder. You may also be able to tap into these in some ways as a techie, if you can get to the hardware running them, this is called black ice. Black ice is the countermeasure software, which can be used to counter, of course, any intrusion into a, and I'm not sure if this means a physical location or software itself, but this term will most likely show up in 2077. Now, in the game, that's already been shown in some of the screenshots and the videos that Biku monks, Bikku monks, maybe that's how you pronounce it, B-H-I-K-K-H-U, monks, are in the game, and you can see them walking around in their orangey-brown robes. That literally means beggar, or one who lives by alms. These are individuals who will be in the game, and the fact that they are a group means that maybe they will have some influence in what's going on beyond just being NPCs who wander around in the world. I have to wonder, in games like, for example, Skyrim, you have beggars, or in Oblivion, you have beggars, poor people, who are more than what they seem because they're connected to, say, the Thieves Guild or organizations bigger than what you would expect from somebody who is begging on the streets. This is a theme that occurs in movies like John Wick. You have an organization of people who look like beggars, who are actually tied into information and are watching the comings and goings of individuals around the city. Maybe something like this is happening with the Bikkum monks. Who knows? So if you are off on your adventures somewhere and you come across a member of the animal gang, you might want to refer to them as a bone brain buffalo. That is a phrase that comes up in reference to animal gang members. And this is highlighted in a conversation that comes up with Sasquatch in one of the live gameplay videos that they've released. The exact quote is, and I believe it's your character that says, as far as I remember, you said no bone brain buffaloes on steroids uh, when you come across Sasquatch in the game. Now, also, uh, beyond just technical implementation and augments and things like that on your body there's more to what the future holds with being able to change your appearance and change the physical attributes that you have now if you're the kind of person who gets your body remolded by vat grown tissue and advanced plastic surgery then that is called body sculpting you're having your body sculpted by these means and that doesn't necessarily require say cybernetics to do And while you're at it, if you are sculpting and remaking your body, then you might need, say, a transplant of certain organs, especially if some of them get damaged. You would go to a body bank. That's what that's called. And many of these are illegal, but they actively recruit new merchandise. So you might find yourself in the game, you know, taking human parts to a body bank in order to get paid. And there's a ton of other lingo out there. We're going to Work our way through this in future episodes, but we're going to wrap this up with the last one, which is a Basozuki, a street samurai. And maybe you're going to play the game as a Basozuki. Maybe that'll be something you decide to be a street samurai. I love the combinations of Eastern and Western motifs, I guess you could say, in cyberpunk. it's It's something that you see in, Uh, shows like firefly for example you have this combination of eastern and western coming together and it makes sense in a future world where the cultures have kind of collided in the way that they do you're going to have more combinations of cultural influence i guess you could say so all right cyberfunks thanks for tuning in again and until next time stay safe out there in night city Keep your techie skills sharp because who knows when you're going to need to repair something or augment something. And I'll see you guys next week. All right, talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. If you are inspired to start your own podcast, then we have just what you need. The hosts at Robots Radio have put together a podcast just for you, just for podcast creators. It's called The Podcast Professor. We are giving you for free all the tips that you need to get you started on your own podcast. It's a gift from us just to say thank you for being part of this network. Go check it out. It's up on every platform that you could look for. There are audio episodes for you to download just like any other podcast. And then there are also videos at the robots radio, YouTube channel, go check out both and good luck with starting your own show. Again, that's called the podcast professor. Look it up everywhere. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember swooping.